So today on American Conversations, we are joined by Sofia Galdemez, who is uh, unfortunately been discharged from the Coast Guard Academy. Again, another um, casualty for our country because we are discharging cadets uh, across the military academies because of uh, the denial of religious and medical exemptions. So Sophia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Christine, it's good to be here. Uh, thank you for your service. Um, and I'm terribly disappointed that you have been treated this way as an American, not just as a journalist, but as American. These are painful um, stories to hear about. So you are, you wore uh, up until a couple of days ago, um, a cadet at the Coast Guard Academy in New London, Connecticut, correct? Yes, yes, I was. All right. So, and you're and you're six months away from um, graduating from the Coast Guard Academy. Is, is that is that correct? Yes. All right. So let's let's uh, you you applied for a initially a religious exemption that was denied, and then you applied for a medical exemption, and that too was denied. Yes. So actually they never even let me put through my medical exemption and said that I wouldn't be a good prospect to be one, even though I had proof from another doctor that said that I was applicable for a medical exemption. Because of an underlying autoimmune condition. Yes. All right. So let's, let's back up. You are a group of seven Coast Guard uh, cadets who have been recently discharged because you, you, for whatever reasons, whether medical or um, religious, objected to taking the COVID vaccine shots. And it's kind of, it, it's a, ladies and gentlemen, it's a rock and roll in terms of the legal process here that these, that these cadets had to go through. Uh, some of them have um, had to pay lawyers. Some of the work being done legally is pro bono. But let's let's back up to 2020. We had the rollout here in the United States, and from if I can if I can unpack this this timeline, you were told in you, you, the the group of you were told or the, at the Coast Guard you were told in August of 2021 that the uh, shots were mandated at the academy. Is that correct? Yes. And that you could apply for religious or medical exemptions at that point in time. And then according to my notes, I have you applied for a religious exemption in September of 2021. Uh, and then it, that was denied in March of 2022. Yes, ma'am. All right. And then you, you applied for a medical under the advice of, of your lawyer at that time later to apply for the medical. And then they, there's two terminologies that some people that are non-military may not understand, but you were, you, uh, you cadets were disenrolled, which means that you were sent home, literally sent, not, not on campus to your barracks, but you were sent home to your families in June of 2020, which denied you to take any courses. Do I have that correct? Yes. So we were sent home um, to our home addresses and we were told that we were supposed to continue on with our military duties, which are like simple online trainings and check in with some staff at the academy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, however, we were not allowed to take the cadet classes as because we were at our home addresses and we basically couldn't really continue our education. So if we were to get back in the academy and our lawsuit were to go through, we would be behind our class and not be able to graduate on time. All right. So it went through appeal processes and then you were told you were told when that you that all of you that all seven of you were discharged. We were officially discharged about a week and a half ago. Um, so we were told that we were officially out of the military. We would get our DD-214 forms, which are basically our discharge papers. Um, and we were officially discharged and our time in the Coast Guard was done. And in, in my understanding is that you were honorably discharged. Yes, we were. Honorably discharged, and you don't have to pay back any 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 tuition or anything like that to the Coast Guard. No, we do not. All right, so let's let let's talk about the human face of this because uh, you were a excellent volleyball player. You could have gone and applied to a university um, to excel at that sport. You chose to go to the Coast Guard. Tell the audience with your family background why you wanted to serve the United States. Yes. So my mom came from Cleveland, Ohio, a very American household. My grandfather worked for Ford uh, Motor Motor Dealers. And my dad actually immigrated here from El Salvador uh, mm-hmm. due to the Civil War that was going on at the time when he was around 15. He came here by himself with nothing, with barely any English, and he was able to make something of himself. And from a very young age, he always taught me to be very patriotic for this country because the U.S. was, at the time when he came here, the most free country in the world and a place where it was so unique because nowhere else could you really make something yourself when you came here with nothing or you had nothing here. So your, fa- um, your father lived the American dream. Yes, he, he, is, he lived the American dream. He's probably one of the more patriotic people that I know compared to like a lot of people that have been raised here all their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really just, it was one of the things that was like ingrained in me when I was a kid is like, you should have to be so thankful for this constitution, for the freedom that you're owed. And because of that, I really wanted to serve. And in high school, I immediately knew that I wanted to go to a service academy. And it was a matter of looking at which one I wanted to go to. Um, and giving back to my country would just be um, kind of just, the greatest blessing in my life because I was blessed with so much to be able to be from this country and to be raised in this country. And you, you looked at the Naval Academy and you looked at the Coast Guard and why did you choose the Coast Guard over the Naval Academy? Um, so I was interested in both in high school, kind of what drove me towards the Coast Guard is I did a visit at both. And I just, when I went to the Coast Guard, it just felt perfect to who I was. Um, when I went, I kind of just fell in love with the school. Um, a lot of the people that I would go to school with, I met with, um, prior and we just really clicked and kind of our ideas of the world were very much the same. Um, I also looked at the job that I would be getting once I graduate. So the most of the time that I'd be serving would be, um, while I'm an active officer, um, and the missions as an officer just seemed a lot more appealing to me. Um, there's the search and rescue operations that are constantly going on, um, and, it's just so invigorating, especially now, if you look at everything going on with Hurricane Ian, all of these Coast Guard officers, all of these Coast Guard enlisted are just saving people's lives. And um, that work is just so rewarding. And I just don't really see myself anywhere else. So it had a humanitarian aspect to it. 
for you. Yes. Yes. So how disappointed are you with America right now? How disappointed are you with the Coast Guard and, and, and the, how this has all been handled? Um, it's just been, it's been quite devastating for me and my family. Um, uh, when I went to the Coast Guard, my intentions were to serve. Um, I wasn't going there just for the free education. I wasn't going there for the benefits. I was going there because I wanted to be in the Coast Guard. Um, and I wanted to do the best possible path to get me there. Um, I made friends there that are basically my family. Uh, for the three years that I was there, I eat, breathe, did Coast Guard. Like my life was the Coast Guard. Um, and I was so grateful to kind of be in that position. Um, and now that I've kind of gone through this process, I'm one of the fellow unvaccinated that are getting um, discharged from the military, kind of getting harassed in the sense of being told that, um, we are not fit to be in the military. It's just devastating. And I'm finding all, I'm connecting with all these other unvaccinated people that are kind of coming into their 20 years of service. Um, and they're getting discharged before they're not even able to get their retirement. Um, they're getting treated so poorly and they put their life into the service. Um, I just feel like it's, it's un-American in my opinion. And it's very unlike the lessons that I've been taught going into the academy and for my family and kind of just being an American, um, no, we, we have interviewed <clears throat> some um, cadets from, from West Point and talked to some some other uh, people that have some of the other academies and, and also retirees that are in the military that are trying to make sense of what's going on in the military right now. And they're disappointed in, in what they're seeing in the leadership. Can you explain to the audience what was going on when you when you were physically at, at the academy in, in New London and how you were treated by people that were encouraging or coercing any of you to get the shots? Yes. Yeah, so while I was at the academy, or at least the year up until I was discharged, um, there was an immediate shift in the energy that was kind of given towards the unvaccinated group. Um, if you were unvaccinated, you were told that you had to always be eight feet apart from other people. Um, we were required to wear a mask at times when other people didn't have to wear a mask. Uh, there were times in my classes where I was put behind plexiglass barriers because um, I was dangerous to the other cadets. Um, teachers would actually come up and tell me how great of a student they thought I was and how much potential I had, but how that was ruined because of my vaccination status. Um, and basically I was treated like a leper. Um, and there was this kind of feeling on campus that I was just not a good cadet anymore, or I wasn't considered someone that would be fit for service just because I decided not to get a vaccine because of my religious and um, beliefs. Um, there was even talks when we would go into the chaplains and I got a letter from a chaplain saying that my religious convictions were sincere and they were sent to headquarters. However, during the meetings where I'd be talking to the chaplain, um, there'd be conversations of picking your faith over your service um, and just kind of, being worried about my future as a Coast Guard officer or a Coast Guard member due to the fact that in getting a religious exemption, I was being rebellious. When religious exemptions have been in the military for years, like the opportunity to get a religious exemption has been offered to military members for years. Um, and never once have I at least heard of someone being rebellious because they had chose to get one. And also when someone chooses not to get a flu shot, they're still fit to serve. So you have had that, I mean, because you, you've been at the academy now pre-COVID, mm 
and you've seen the transition and now you're seeing, you know, this is, I mean, you're, you're being discharged um, after President Biden went on 60 Minutes and said the pandemic's over. How does that, how does that sit with you? Um, I'm just really confused. Um, not only did President Biden go on 60 Minutes and say the pandemic's over, but the CDC has basically ruled that a lot of things kind of going on with like COVID and the vaccine aren't really needed as much. Um, there has been proven fact that in someone getting the vaccine, it doesn't prevent others from spreading the vaccine or spreading the disease, nor does it prevent me from getting it. Many of the fellow vaccinated people at the academy actually received COVID. Um, and when times where I was never getting it, I, there was times where I was around other shipmates that had COVID. I never got it. And I was unvaccinated. Um, I was one of the last people at the academy to get COVID. Um, and it was just really confusing to me. And not only that, I'm a healthy, I just turned 22 yesterday, actually. I'm a healthy 22-year-old. Um, I When I got COVID, I never had any kind of lasting issues. I don't see how it makes me someone that wouldn't be able to serve. And I'm looking at what Senator Ron Johnson sent to um, Lloyd Austin about how all these increases in these uh, medical issues. So there's a over a thousand percent increase in hypertension within people of my age, which are usually very healthy individuals. Mm -hmm. There's a 482% increase in breast cancer since 2021 in females. There's a 400% increase or 500% increase in infertility. And Senator Ron Johnson still hasn't gotten an answer from Lloyd Austin from the letter he wrote about a year ago. We have been in attendance at Ron Johnson's roundtables in Washington, D.C. in November of 2021 and again uh, this past January. <clears throat> and I've interviewed, uh, my, my colleague and I, Todd, would have interviewed numerous uh, Vax injured. And we know for a fact that the FDA, CDC, NIH, NIAID have not officially to date recognized the vascular and neuro neurological injuries, you know, on the books officially, uh, although they have been fully aware of it from at least uh, 2020, late 2020, early um, 2021. And it's disturbing because I I'm wondering when, when you were at the academy and you were a small group of, of cadets that were saying, no, you know, we, we don't want to take the shots. And then when some of the cadets who had taken the shots found themselves engulfed in, with COVID, did you ever have any conversations among the cadets about did those who were vaccinated think, you know, why am I getting it and you're not getting it? Yes. Um, and those were kind of awkward situations to be in. Um, and I was getting like confronted by people that have become like my best friends and who I see as my family. And they would like ask why I'm not getting it. And some, and would kind of chastise me for that reason and said, why don't you just get it? It will just make your life easier. Like um, you don't have to deal with all these things, but I would kind of just bring up kind of what's going on and the news of what I was seeing. And I also wanted to stand by my religious convictions and I, if I were to kind of go against that, I'd be going against a moral code that kind of brought me to the service academy. Um, so those were really hard conversations. But there was also a group of people that were coming up to me and they were wondering why they were getting it. Because um, there was an instance where a friend of mine had gotten the vaccine, they had gotten COVID, 
Um, they were fine after, but I had yet to have gotten COVID up until that point. And they were just wondering like why it was so important that they would get it or why I would have to get it, even though I wasn't even getting the disease that was, it was supposedly supposed to protect me against. Um, and then they were trying to push the core to get boosters at one point and saying that it would affect uh, life on campus. When I was there and vaccinated, my friends were like, I'm, I don't really think it's a reason to. I also think that probably command was afraid of the unvaccinated being there because that kind of showed that they really couldn't push the booster onto people. Um, did they, did they ever make the, uh, at the coast guard, did they make the booster mandatory? They have not made it mandatory, but when the booster came out and was ac uh, accessible to members, they were implying that it would soon be mandatory. So you should just get it anyway. They implied that, you would not have to be in quarantine as long as you were to get the booster. So like if you were to get contact traced by someone that got COVID, but you had the booster, you didn't have to go into isolation. But if you were contact traced and you didn't have the booster, then you would have to go into isolation, whether or not you were vaccinated. Um, so how much contact tra tra tracing has been going on at the Coast Guard Academy? I can't speak for now, but last year it was kind of crazy. And then even the year before, before the vaccine kind of was accessible, it was insane. Um, basically, like if you were tested positive for COVID and then you were roommates with that person, you have to be sent down into isolation. There were times where it would be two weeks, but then there was changes when the CDC would change things, but it was very unclear kind of what was going on with cadets and kind of like the rules that were involved with that. There was instances where teachers would test positive for COVID while they were at home. And then the students that were in the class would have to go into isolation for two weeks. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't sound, I mean, the military usually has set rules and how to react. It, this sounds like they were doing a lot of pivoting and confusion. Yes. Um, and that's definitely what it was. Um, I don't know. I can't really speak if it was purposeful. Um, but sometimes it just felt like it was very dis disorganized. They didn't really know what was kind of going on or how to kind of attack the plan. Um, what I saw mostly is that they would kind of just try to blame this on vaccination statuses. So when there would be like a very high increase in COVID cases at the academy, um, there would be a huge urge that being unvaccinated would hurt the chances of the academy being COVID free. Um, and then even then when the booster came out, if you weren't boosted, you were adding to the fact of people getting COVID. The funny thing was, though, is that all the people that were getting COVID, most of them were mostly all of them were vaccinated and a lot of them were boosted. So the information that we were given on these emails seemed incorrect. And people would go to me and be like, have you gotten COVID? Like, are you one of the reasons? And I'm like, at this point, I haven't gotten COVID. I didn't get COVID until April of 2022 versus people would get COVID multiple times and they were vaccinated and boosted up until that point. And I'm fine. I'm healthy. So, so, so we have heard uh, at West Point that's, some of the cadets there were really treated horribly. Uh, they they were basically corralled. <clears throat> they were told they were not going to be a good soldier. You know, they, they didn't have leadership skills because they didn't fall on the line, uh, which seems kind of contradictory. Uh, but at the same time, did you have people get into your face, Sophia, and, and bas basically tell you you're a, a, a bad person? You know, did oh. they yell at you? Yeah. Um, so actually the first week of school of my, of junior year. So that was last 
around August. Actually, it was about like a year ago. Almost. So it's August 2021. Yes, August 2021. Uh, we were required to take our physical fitness exam. Um, and at this point in time, all vaccinated did not have to wear a mask when they were outside or indoors. Um, however, all unvaccinated were required to wear a mask at all times. And if you were outdoors away from people like 50 feet away from someone, I was still required to wear a mask on base, um, which I did. I was going to follow orders. Um, so I get down to the PFE. Um, What's PFE? Explain this. A, sorry. It's a physical fitness exam and you have to do push-ups, sit-ups and a mile and a half run. And you have to meet certain criteria in order to pass. And you have to pass to become an officer basically. So it's really important. It's even factored into your military ranking, which then decides like where you end up getting commissioned. So it's, it's really important that you do well on this exam. Um, and then also it kind of adds to your military readiness. So if you fail it, it's kind of a punch in the gut. If you're um, very inspired to, you know, be a good officer. Right. So we get down to the physical fitness exam. Um, I'm with a lot of my friends about to take the exam and immediately the whole athletic department kind of descends on me, like the staff that's required to kind of watch us to make sure all of our stuff is good. Um, while you're exercising, it's very common for a mask to fall below your nose. And mm -hmm. when everyone had to wear a mask, it wasn't as regulated as it was until all the only the unvaccinated had to wear a mask. So I was doing my pushups and there was staff just completely yelling at me like I was a swab again, which is basically the people that go through boot camp. Um, and they were telling me to get my mask up. If I were to move my hands while I was doing pushups, um, I would actually automatically get disqualified from continuing the push-ups. So it was kind of like a catch-22 and I was getting yelled at if I didn't move it up, they would just fail me um, or they would just like stop me from doing my push-ups. Um, this continued out through the sit-ups and then the mile and a half run when it kept falling below my face when I was running. Um, and this was like in the summer heat in Connecticut outside and you're just like running a mile and a half on a track. Um, and it was falling below my nose. I kept trying to put it up to the best of my ability. Um, but I was continued, continued uh, to get yelled at. And then while I was running, um, I kept getting told that I was going to automatically fail um, because I didn't keep my mask up. Um, and they kept kind of outing me as unvaccinated when technically I don't even think they're really supposed to know my vaccination status. I don't know how they knew that I was unvaccinated because that's my um, private information. They're not part of my chain of command. So they're not. Well, except for the me. fact that you were required to have a, have a mask outdoors where vaccinated yes. have it. So that was a sign for them to know. Yes. Yeah. Um, but then they were yelling at me and telling other instructors to like, keep an eye out for me when they would have to like walk away and look at other people. Um, and it was funny because it was like the first time that other cadets were kind of seeing the treatment that we were getting, um, from being unvaccinated. Um, and some of my friends were like, wow, that was really harsh. Like, that was really weird. I don't really understand that behavior. Like coaches that were seemingly super nice and that never really like treated cadets like that were just screaming at me. Um, it didn't really hit me until after I was done of like kind of how intense it was or people were coming up to me just because, you know, you're in the military. Um, I went through boot camp, like getting yelled at is not something super new, um, mm -hmm. but getting yelled at in that capacity, in that situation where like I'm an upper class and I, it was just, it was crazy. Um, and did you, did you pass the physical test? No, I didn't. Um, I got tapped out at a super low amount of pushups. Um, and it, it was just, it was really disheartening, um, afterward. Cause, um, 
I just felt like I was getting treated so differently for something that was for my religious beliefs. Um, and it just, it felt horrible, felt really bad. Well, as an American, I want to say thank you for your bravery for talking about this. <clears throat> thank you. And uh, bless you for, for holding on to your religious beliefs. And I'm sorry that you were discharged because of your, your medical was denied and your religious was denied. Tell me about the other six uh, cadets of the of your pack of your group of seven that were discharged. Tell me about your friends because you're all in this together. Yes. Yes. Um, and we, a lot of us didn't actually know each other before all of this happened. Um, and you're not all in the same class, right? No. So there's actually four that were going into their sophomore year this year. There was one going into his junior year this year, and there's two, including me that we're going to go into our senior year this year. Um, kind of how, going are they all how, how are they all handling this? Um, I commend them for how, strongly been through the whole process. Um, if I was an underclassman, it would be, I don't know how I would kind of go through this because I've been in the Coast Guard for three years at this point. So um, I have a little bit of understanding of kind of what's going on or what's being pushed down. Um, but like I said, four of these people were brand new to the Coast Guard and they were getting treated differently for this. Um, honestly, we're all devastated in our own way. Um, mm -hmm. It's so disheartening when you put so much effort and you put your blood, sweat and tears into something and they just don't want you. Um, and it's not because we did, in my opinion, anything wrong. Um, it's because of a disagreement with kind of what's going on in the political sphere. Um, but there are, when we got discharged, there are actually two that weren't welcome home in their families and they were homeless. And they made that clear to the Academy during this process. And the Academy just said, you guys have to figure it out. Um, one was lucky enough to stay with another cadet. And then another cadet was living out of his car for a little bit and now he's paying rent at a friend's house um which you know we're often told in the coast guard that you know you take care of your family and especially as an officer you're told that you take care of your crew like that's the most important thing that's why you're getting um this education that's leave anybody on the battlefield yes um and they're basically told to figure it out um and not treated like they were fellow Coast Guard members in the situation. I don't think so, any. So I want to go back to August 15th, 2020. You're brought into the office and you are you're all told you have 24 hours to get off the base. Yes. So August 15th. Sophia, share, share that, that storyline with everybody. Yes. So August 15th, 2022, um, it was supposed to be like the first day I was back at the academy to start my senior year. Um, I was brought into the assistant commandant of cadets office, which for people that don't understand, it's basically someone that's really high up that who's in charge of me. Um, and he sat me down at three 50 in the afternoon and told me that I have 24 hours to vacate the premises of the Academy. Um, I had to do so within the 24 hour time period, or I could have a mil um, or I could face, uh, military court and be subject to um, military uh, punishment. Um, I was also told that I would have to go home to my home of residence. So I'd have to go home and live with my mom um, for the time being. And I wouldn't be able to do my classes, but I was still required to be a cadet basically. So I'd have to check in with staff at the academy and basically let them know um, that I'm still up. I'd have to maintain 
my physical abilities. And I'd also have to maintain some military trainings that I'd be able to do online. Um, but when another cadet that's also in my grade asked his chief whether or not he would be punished if he were to like leave a little bit outside of that 24 hour period, because we had like three years worth of our stuff at the Academy, like 24 hours is nothing to be able to pack everything that we had at the Academy out and get a flight last minute. Some of us lived in Alaska. I live in California. So that was a crazy kind of turnaround. Um, the chief basically told him that there was talks about command um, getting CGPD, which is like the Academy police to escort us off campus. So this is really did anybody, did anybody help you pack up? Uh, some of my friends helped me to pack, um, which I'm so thankful for because I really wanted to have been able to get out of there on time. Um, but as for command, um, they kind of gave us zero help. Um, so they, I don't know if this was purposeful, but they also like the military work day ends at four o'clock at the Academy. So 4 PM, they told us all this when the day was closing. So in order for us to get flight arrangements and travel, like all our travel arrangements to get our stuff shipped home, basically all the things that we would need to get home that next day, we had to wait until that next morning to get help with. So I was on in the administrative office where they kind of help you with that kind of stuff all morning, the day I was supposed to leave to figure out like how I'd get home, what I would do. I had to inform my family. Um, it was kind of crazy. We were also, all of us had, well, at least for my case, they told me to pay with my personal credit card. Um, so I had to pay for my flight. A last minute flight to San Diego from Connecticut is not cheap um, mm -hmm. to get home. Um, uh, some of us didn't know where our home was. So the two that were homeless didn't really know what they were going to do. Um, and it was just crazy. I wasn't even able to get all of my stuff out of the Academy at the time. Um, and I still have some stuff at the Academy currently that are, I have with friends that are kind of taking care of it for me. I actually had to sell my printer. So I'd have some kind of spare cash to be able to travel with at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so the whole ordeal was kind of crazy. Um, and also my lifelong friends that I had been kind of cultivating for the last three years who are like my family um, I had to do like a simple goodbye because I was so busy packing all my stuff out. Um, I had to tell my volleyball team that I wouldn't be able to join them this season for my senior year. Um, and like, I remember everyone was like crying when I was telling them that. And people were like asking what was going on and like why it was happening. Um, and even my coach was like, I I'm so, like, didn't even know what to say. So the whole ordeal was just devastating. So, so since you have, so since August 16th, when, when you left the Academy campus, um, or base, I should say, the, what was, have you kept in touch with your friends? Yes, I have. And I have. what is, what is their reaction to this fallout? As, um, as, as belonging to the Coast Guard? I mean, is yeah. there, is, are they in shock by this? Yes. Um, my really close friends that I kind of talk to every day. Um, I get the sense that they're kind of just disappointed, disappointed. Um, like all the time they say, like, I don't understand why they kicked out a perfectly fine cadet. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and there's people at the Academy that are getting in trouble for things that aren't really fit to become an officer and they're getting retained and they're getting a second chance. Um, but I chose not to get a, injection that was not only had the possibility of harming me, um, but also harming my moral code and my religious conviction. Um, and I'm getting kicked out and they're kind of just confused because 
I think for people that don't really know someone personally that's unvaccinated in the service and getting kicked out, it's really easy to say, well, you know, you joined the military, you joined to follow orders. Um, so that's kind of what's expected of you. But what you don't know is that when you're in the military, especially when you're getting trained to become an officer, your job is to only pass down lawful orders and orders that you feel comfortable with your people following. Um, and they're seeing kind of my perspective of things and what's been going on with me and how I've been dealing with it and how commands dealing it with dealing with it towards me and towards the other unvaccinated. And they're just really confused what's going on. And they don't even understand the agenda of what's going on. And quite honestly, I'm starting to become confused of what's going on too. Um, I just don't understand why you'd want to kick out perfectly fine um, Coast Guard members. I mean, you saw it recently with the rescue swimmer that was just thanked by Joe Biden. However, he's getting kicked out of the service, um, mm -hmm. almost approaching his 20 year mark um, for being unvaccinated. And um, I think for the people that see it from our perspective are just confused. All right. So, so on when this is going on, cause this, there's lawsuits, there's appeals, religious medical, you know, and, and it's now, it's now going to, it's now it's in the courts. I have a question about the conversations and the way the shots have been presented to the cadets at the Coast Guard Academy. Have, has it been sold to everybody these are mandated because these are safe and effective? Have they, sh first of all, let's just start with that. Is that, is that, is that the mantra? They're safe yes. and effective. Safe and effective, FDA approved. What you're getting is FDA approved. Um, so what was the kind of shots that they were, they were shooting people up with at, uh, at the Academy? So Pfizer, Moderna, J&J? Pfizer. It was Pfizer. Um, the ones that they provided at the Academy is all Pfizer. Um, We were not given any kind of informed consent or from my perspective of the research that I was doing versus when I would go into the clinic. So there were times where they would order us to go down to the clinic to at least get information about the vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd be talking to the health services technicians who were about to potentially inject me with the vaccine. Um, and I'd ask, do you know about these health problems that people are getting? Like, do you know about this letter from Senator Ron Johnson of what's going on? Mm -hmm. Like, what makes it so safe? And like, are you sure it's FDA approved? Because I've heard that it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and the injections that they were giving to us are not FDA approved. Um, a classmate and I actually called Pfizer and they confirmed to us that the injections that we're getting served to us in the military and served to everyone are only EUA approved. And right. that's illegal. So, so what was, what was the response to the person in the health clinic? What were they saying back to? Um, they constantly said they, they didn't really know anything about that. They'd give us a little paper um, that was basically very basic information about the Pfizer vaccine. Um, and it just wasn't informed consent. And they themselves were kind of confused what we were bringing up and had no idea what we were talking about. And then when we would ask um, to speak to someone that would kind of like know more, um, they would basically just give us like a script of you need to get this vaccine. It's safe and healthy. It's FDA approved. Um, your, your command's giving this to you. And then if we would refuse it, we would just get a letter of reprimand and told that we were in violation of orders. So at the, at the time, because, um, were you told about the injuries? Cause the injuries of the, I mean, the, the Vax injured interviews, we started to do off camera in January of 2021, put people on camera in, um, uh, July, and we released them starting in August of 2021. Were you ever told at any of this point? I mean, anybody in that health clinic, 
when you asked them about the injuries? Did they confirm it? Did they say, we don't know? Was there something on the piece of paper that was, you know, in the box? No, there was nothing on those papers that talked about vaccine injuries. Um, there was. Did you collect those papers, Sophia? Uh, yes. Did you, you know, turn them over to your attorneys? Yes, we have. Good. Yes. Because um, that's, that, that, that would be, that is evidence of no informed consent. Yes, we, we were not given informed consent. Um, and the people that were about to inject us with the vaccine didn't really know anything about the stuff that we were bringing up. And um, me and the other cadets kind of saw it as like God's will, like us bringing those things up, them being clueless, them not able to kind of give us more information or at least kind of give us information that would discredit what we were saying showed us that, you know, God had a plan and we're not going to do this. There was a time where there was another unvaccinated cadet that was younger um, who was in the office. We were all told to go to the clinic and we were told that we were going to get kicked out if we didn't get it. And she was down there and she was like, I can't do this. Like, this is against my God. And, but she had the paper, they were like about to go with everything with the injection. Um, and me and another cadet were just like, you like, look at all this stuff. We're not doing it. Like you can stand with us. Like we understand what you're going through. If you get it, that's fine. Like we will pray for you. It's totally your decision, but just know it's your decision before you put that into your body. Um, and thankfully like, she wasn't, she didn't get it. And she thinks us like every day about it because it would be going against her personal religious code um, and her moral code. Um, and also it would put her in danger of all of these health issues that Senator Ron Johnson has asked about in February of uh, 2022. So, yeah. Sophia, you're a good American. The Coast Guard made a mistake. Coast Guard made a mistake. They really did. Thank you for sharing your story. I want you to come back anytime and talk to us as this proceeds, because the lawsuit <clears throat> will get to the bottom of this and how it all, you know, rolled out and and how it affects everybody. And and um, we send you know our blessings to all of the other six cadets that are in the same space. What are you going to do now? Do you have any plans? Do you know, or is you just you just taking a deep breath because it's just so much in motion at this point. Um, I already took my deep breath. Uh, I've actually accepted, or I'm in the middle of accepting an internship at Gunderson and Detmer, um, a really good, uh, international law firm. But, uh, my plans for the future and what I really want to do is I'm going to try to go get my commercial pilot's license. Um, I'm looking to a few universities right now. Um, it's kind of crazy cause you look at how much money it is, but, um, that's my dream and I want to become a pilot. Um, and if I can't do it for the coast guard, um, I'm going to try to do it elsewhere. So right now I'm looking into some schools to go there. And, and you realize that you can still do that humanitarian work you wanted to do within the Coast Guard. Yes, ma'am. Outside of the Coast Guard. That's, I mean, there's, there, there are dreams, there's options. I mean, some, some of the cadets that we interviewed at West Point that decided not to take the shots, they actually, they, they fell into another sphere, another air, arena, and they realized that there is life after all of this recrimination that you kids have been, you know, handled, you know, that you've had targeted you for such a long period of time. And I, I just want to say, just keep up the good work. Keep up the Thank work. Because you. if you, when you lead, you protect and you lead by example. That's, that's how leadership works. And if you don't lead with ethics, then you end up not being a good leader. So Thank God you. bless you and good luck to you. And please keep in touch and come back to us at any time. God bless you. Thank you very much.